Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your host, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And we have in the house with us Nathan Phillips. Hello. He's back. He's back. back. Round yeah. two. Round two. <laughs> For uh, another riveting discussion from one of our licensed therapists at Catholic Charities here, here in Sioux the City, Diocese Iowa. of Sioux City. That's right. Welcome I back, Nathan. Round one, I guess. You huh? did. We had you back on the show. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for coming back. I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. I had a good time. You know, we are recording here at the Chancery Office here in Sioux City, and we were just noticing how many statues there are on here. So, Father Gallus, thanks for helping out. He's the director of worship here. Yeah. We, there's a number of statues that have always kind of, you know, been part of the appointments here in the in the lobby and everything. But right. I think Gallus has been pulling things out of the closet. That's really good. We, you know, as the director, and he's probably not listening to this, but people who know him, he's the director of worship. So now he has kind of like a lot of oh, he just can get his hands on a lot of liturgical accoutrement. So. Mm-hmm. We once, when I lived with him for the summer, I was a deacon. We talked about probably creating someday um, Gallus's uh, <laughs> Palace of Chalice and Emporium. <laughs> so Gallus's <laughs> Chalice Palace uh-huh. and Emporium of liturgical goods. So uh-huh. I think that's happening. You know, so if like, you know, you need something diocese, he's got you. He's got we you. got a guy. He's got checked up. We <laughs> got a guy. You know, he's gonna he's gonna open up his his coke. You know, he's gonna say, hey, "What do you want? Hey, what do you need? Gallus's Chalice Palace and Emporium. You know, it's good. <laughs> say that three times. That's fast. right. Well, he comes with statues. You know, whatever you need. I got Guadalupe. <laughs> I got Joseph. I got Fatima. I got loads. Whatever you want. I got I, I got you hooked up here. This is an this is an impersonation of of Father Gallus who did this the other day. In a conversation, so that's nice. Well, and he does it pretty often. He does. You know, we, so we kind of have a we kind of have a low key. Uh, Father Gallus and I have a low key plan that, um, as we kind of progress in years, um, my youthfulness is kind of you know rubbed off by the just you know, <laughs> the world here and the, the jadedness of yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> jaded. We were thinking. So both of us, we were only in seminary two years at the same seminaries together. One year at Conception, then one in in Denver. Um, and we, we, we turn the accents on, especially with this kind of like East Coast. Uh, You're from Brooklyn or yeah, something, Long like Island a, yeah. maybe. And we've got this whole, like, we've, we've got this whole bit like ready to go with like this mob boss, this whole thing. We've yeah, got all these characters drop in the hat, go. it's going. Oh, and it know? doesn't stop, right? Oh. But I said at like clergy days and stuff, we should just either make little videos and show them or just have little skits. Just kind of keep it, keep the guys, keep the guys loose, you know? Sure. I think that'd be fun. You let us know how that goes. Well, you'll figure it out. You'll be up on those clergy days. Yeah, so all your TikTok fans will love your new videos. Listen, I'm not about the TikTok oh, life. I don't me. do it. Yeah. Pardon me. I'm a, I don't know. I don't know if you're cool enough to get invited to do TikToks by your high school kids, but I am often. Uh-huh. And I, I graciously refuse because I'm not about that life. Okay. So. Well, thank you for holding your position so firmly. You're welcome. We did not cede that ground there. Oh gosh! <laughs> so, anyways, we have a wonderful guest with us, Nathan. Welcome back to Outcast Catholic. Um, you know, as a vocation director, Nathan, and as also, also as a high school chaplain, one of the things that I see so often in talking to uh, psychologists who work in seminaries, uh, but also some of our school counselors, is the the great area of anxiety. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's just anxious all the time about everything, and they don't know why they're anxious. 
you know, there's just increased heart rate. I'm nervous. I can't relax. I can't unwind. Everyone's looking at me. There's paranoia. What's going on? And it just seems to be everywhere. You know what? Um, so why don't yeah. you enlighten us? What are you seeing in the world of anxiety? How are you treating it? What, what are some common patterns that might be feeding into this great area? Yeah. So I, I do think that anxiety is something that uh, I, it's definitely prevalent. It's definitely becoming more of something that people are recognizing. I think to some degree, um, it's always been around, but I think uh, whether it's due to societal factors or whether it's due to uh, just the way that we're kind of living our life right now, I think that uh, anxiety disorders and or maybe not even necessarily diagnosable di- anxiety disorders, it is becoming more of, of, of a prevalent thing. <clears throat> I call it I, ca- I call it the spin uh, with my with my clients. Uh, it's that tendency to spin on a worry, spin on uh, a fear. And that's typically the root of it is, is, is fear, uh, and not be able to control that worry. So what you're looking at is, is that, that runaway train of, of, of emotions that we just can't really get that brakes on. We can't really get the brakes on. And it, it is becoming, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big issue. You know, people are, uh, are definitely showing up in, in, I don't want to say droves, but it's definitely something that people are really, you know, kind of struggling with right now. Um, how do I, how do I calm down? How do I stop the spin? How do I control the train? So yeah, it's, it's definitely out there. And before we started recording, you had even gone so far as to say it's like the next big pandemic. I do. I, I, I think that it's something that uh, is becoming, uh, and maybe it's because of where we have been over the last two years, uh, as we become, as we close ourselves down to the outside world and kind of lose those factors of of, of regulation, uh, those you know those checks on our on our, on our on our spin, if you will. Um, I think it's I think people are it's just becoming more of an issue, you know, and it's uh, it's something that doesn't get uh, the attention, doesn't get the, uh, the focus that, that it does because it's, once again, it's kind of buried in that stigma of, of mental health and it's, it's, it's tough to talk about. You know, it's interesting, like, there is that stigma for so many, but I found, Father Shane, with high school students that we interact with all the time, maybe it's just their generation, Gen Z, they're just, like, very open to talking about struggles mm-hmm. with anxiety. Um, or anxiety and depression. I just feel like that combo comes up all the time. Um, it's my anxiety, depression, or, or maybe it's like because it's becoming a little bit more known, um, that can just sometimes, I think, and parents, I, I know they get upset with this, it can sound like an excuse. Mm. Like a kid's just, oh, that's just my anxiety. You know, I can't, I can't deal, I can't deal with life. Um, which, which might be the case, but then I guess it's just what we talked about last episode of like taking the, the inventory of like, okay, well, what am I doing in the midst of the spin? Yeah. Am I just like kind of feeding it or am I trying to just totally numb out mm. these moments and not deal with it at all? I've, maybe I find that's what a lot of high school students or young people do. I'm just going to stay totally and constantly engaged, just constantly sc- scrolling through TikTok, yeah. constantly on Snapchat, constantly like engaged in stuff. that's just keeping me kind of numb, keeping me kind of stimulated because if I 
if I slow down, mm-hmm. then I have to even like recognize the spin is kind of almost like happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you, you pointed out something <clears throat> especially prevalent, you know, whether it's, and it's not just TikTok, you know, it's other social media feeds, you know, as we scroll through that stuff, there's a reason why they made those, <laughs> they made Facebook or TikTok. It, it's endless, you know, it's an endless scroll, you know, and so that it, it keeps us engaged. It keeps us at that heightened state of, and, and whether we're watching through that stuff and, and it, a lot of problems come from comparing what we're seeing on TikTok, you know, uh, I, the, the wonderful podcast that you guys did on, oh goodness, <laughs> what do you guys, I can't, I can't remember the, the name of the podcast now, but you guys were dealing with, you know, how do we, you know, like jealousy, what's the difference between jealousy and oh, yeah. jealousy and envy, jealousy and envy, sure. you know, and it's so prevalent, you know, it's so prevalent, you know, and, um, as we expose ourselves, you know, what we feed our, our, our body, you know, if, if, if all we eat is cheeseburgers and, you know, fries and, you know, greasy foods, we aren't going to be healthy. You know, it's the same thing with our mind. If all we're feeding it is, uh, something that is designed to keep our attention at all costs, um, what's going to come out is going to be, there's going to be a consequence to that. And so I, I, I think we're seeing, and I, and I don't want to make social media just like the, all in all demon, you know, I, you know, it provides us an opportunity to connect, um, which I think is good, but what are those connections? You know, where's the fruit of those connections that we really can benefit from, you know? So yes. And so anxiety, I, I, I have noticed father karate, you know, that there is a more willingness in our youth to acknowledge anxiety and depression. And I think that's great. Like, okay. Like, what steps are we doing to take care of ourselves? You know, um, how are the people around us, you know, calling us on like a good Christian life? You know, how are we calling ourselves, you know, the people that we care about on, um, in, in a loving way, mind you, um, to, to take care of their mental health. So, yeah. I know we kind of talked about this last episode with taking that initial, just like inventory. I'm just wondering maybe two questions of if somebody listening, or if I'm just thinking for myself, if I find myself in that spin, mm. what's kind of the first step or maybe the second side to answer both is that if I'm not in a place of anxiety, that's kind of so crippling right now, maybe there's some, right? Maybe there's some underlying fears that I'm living out of. What's a way to maybe like preemptively, I don't know, yeah. prepare myself or like to, to even prevent that type of, spiral that comes from that that spin like you talk about yes um okay so i keep on wanting to get on my soapbox here and (laughs) i won't i promise so uh so yes i mean we have to acknowledge and know ourselves well we have to examine ourselves to see when we are spinning and to see when we are uh when that train is 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 going full steam without any brakes and I, I, I believe wholeheartedly in, in mindfulness approaches. Um, I teach uh, something that I, that I do in, in many of my therapy sessions that have to do with, uh, you know, it, people working through anxiety. It, it, it's called the five senses. Uh, it's, it's really, really simple. Um, and it's you pick out five things in the room and that you see. And so it's you use sight, feel hearing, smelling, and tasting. So it's five things you see, 
<clears throat> and then you focus in on those things, you know, and then it's four things that you feel. And then you, and you, you really like invest yourself in, you know, like, oh, I, I feel the, you know, the arm, armchairs, or I feel like my pants, or I feel the wood of the table. Um, three things that you hear and you have to, you have to wait for the sound to come to you. You know, if you're casting out, you know, it's not going to be as beneficial, I think. So waiting, waiting for that sound to come to you. Um, two things that you smell, which is sometimes tough. And then one thing that you can taste. And what that does is that kind of like short circuits that spit that can, it's an, it's an immediate thing that's going to help us bring us into that moment. Cause oftentimes when we're dealing with anxiety, when we're dealing with anxiousness, it's those fears are outside of the room that you're in right now. Those fears are, are, are ex external. You know, I'm worried about passing this test. Um, I'm worried about, uh, this relationship because of, of, of a bad conversation that we had the last time we were had, you know? And so, and what that stuff, that stuff brings us out of that present moment. If we can practice those mindfulness techniques to bring us into the present moment, um, it's, it's, it's really going to, you know, it, it really does help. Now, one quick thing with it, <clears throat> the more you practice it, the better you're going to be, you know? Uh, and they say, uh, for many of these mindfulness practices, you do it for 21 days, many times the benefits are uh, as good or even better than medications. As you're sharing that, I'm just, I'm thinking of this really beautiful experience I had myself, I think especially in seminary in theology, praying liturgy of the hours. We talked last time about the Benedictine monks praying, but there's just so often when, when new things are kind of brought up into um, kind of human, the formation of the human person. So often it's been something in like the rich Christian tradition in the first place. I found that when I would have, so often in seminary, we would kind of have like an hour of silence before morning prayer. Some guys would take that as a time to pray this a holy hour, um, just in front of the tabernacle in the quiet chapel. But I found when I was struggling the most, felt like I had the most dry prayer, maybe even experiencing some of that like internal tension and anxiety within the midst of prayer. Mm -hmm. I feel like nothing's happening or I'm just like falling asleep the groundedness and the reality of praying liturgy of the hours together as a house. Yeah. It was that same experience. Like I wasn't, I wasn't counting all these different things, but it was like the, the liturgical action of like, we're sitting, we're standing, we're, we're speaking in unison. These Psalms, there are lit candles. There are things to focus on. Mm -hmm. This found that that was such a, it would always buoy me up out of that place of maybe some of that, you know, that kind of anxious kind of spin that might even happen within the context of yeah. mental prayer. Um, but it's beautiful how that can that's that's even built into the liturgy of the church, um, which is present I think with daily mass, with Sunday mass, even with liturgy of the hours or something like the rosary. These things that are built in that are mind, body, spirit, mm -hmm. and that help us ground ourselves in reality and maybe stop when we're in that like you said that that train that's off that's that's just going off the tracks. Yeah, that spin that's going out of control. Yeah, it's beautiful that we have it in our tradition like that. Oh, I could uh, the rosary. I mean, what a wonderful opportunity for us to learn to be in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, and yeah, the traditions that we've been handed down to us, you know, through the Catholic Church, I mean, there is inherent, you know, healing within that, you know, yes, definitely, yeah. You mentioned the community aspect of getting together and praying, praying the Liturgy of the Hours or having Mass while in seminary. And as this conversation has been unfolding, I've been thinking a lot about like the community aspects of people. If you go back 50 years or 100 years, 
they would have identified themselves very clearly as a member of this parish, maybe a member of this social club, maybe mm-hmm. a member of this service organization. Uh, and it doesn't matter if you were part of a big city or a small town. You know, everyone perhaps knew their place. For lack of a better term, they might have known their ranking. Mm. You know, not that I'm in, in favor of a caste system, but, <laughs> you know, they would have they would have just kind of known, like, where do I fit into so many things outside of my own little sphere of my family, my home? But also, how do I fit into a, a broader puzzle piece outside of my own mind? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and when we break down those community barriers, if you're not participating in the life of a parish and going to church, if you don't belong in civic organizations, if you're not out volunteering, if you're really you know, feeling socially outcast from people, well, all of a sudden you don't know where you fit into something that's broader than yourself, your own emotions, your own mind. And I'm sure that can feel, feel very imprisoning um, when that whole community aspect is broken down. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Sorry. No, that's... I also agree. Yeah, those opportunities for connections that we that we're we're not taking advantage of anymore. You know those uh, those places where we oftentimes find um, <clears throat> the 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 checks on who we are. You know, or that 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 opportunities to see a reflection of ourselves within people that are are, are like minded. I think those those can you know losing that stuff. Um, and turning inward is is a lot of times at the heart of dis discontent, despair, you know, hopelessness. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I I definitely think the more that we can take those risks, be a little bit brave, and you know, talk to talk to somebody at church that you that you might not talk to to initially, you know, or, or you know, or approach uh, somebody that is across the aisle per se, you know, um, the more that we can engage and, and, and connect, I think the better off we'll be. What I found difficult is I completely agree. And I want to give that advice so often, but especially young people, maybe even like out of the, um, kind of forced community of like school of high school, especially, um, but even then people have gone to college, but what we talk so often here about people who find themselves outcast, I think in a special way, um, young adult Catholics or just young adult people are on our hearts who feel especially disconnected and isolated as they kind of come out of the womb of high school or of even like a college environment. And it's it's almost, yeah, almost this kind of this sparse, um, desolating. You were talking about like the, the South Dakota prairies of Chamberlain earlier yeah. when we have a dinner. I think that's how people can feel of community. It's like, okay, you move to some city and it might be the might be super populated. It might even have a bunch of your college friends there. There might even be a really great Catholic community um, or even people who are disconnected from a, religi- a religious affiliation. I think the question really comes in like, I really don't know how to get connected. Like if I'm not connected and the only connections I have are like Tinder, TikTok, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah. I don't know, text. I just wanted a little, nice alliteration of three Ts. Um, it, they just really don't know what the next step, the first step is to even find community. Um, sometimes a job helps that sometimes people are so kind of like crippled by um, the isolation they've experienced the anxiety that they experience. they don't even know the the next step of where do I reach out for that and one of the challenging things is yes oftentimes we we find a social connection at at work 
And, and that's good. Uh, oftentimes it's people working in the same direction for a same goal, you know, typically. Um, but if our only social connections are from work, then um, we might not get that chance to disconnect um, and, you know, and expand ourselves in different directions. Um, I, I, myself, I, I try to be engaged in the community in, in multiple ways. Like, for example, I volunteer at the the train museum, you know, and it's just, it, it's completely different than my, than my regular job, but it's I kind of random. How'd you find that place? <laughs> you know? Are you like a big train guy? Huge train guy. <laughs> you gotta be familiar um, with the train museum. I yeah. I love trains. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, Oh man, it's not even, it's not even funny how much I love trains, but yeah, but it also provides me with like an alternate way for me to uh, feed myself, you know, and, and, and create those connections. Yeah. You must love living in Sioux city. And this is a city completely built on train tracks everywhere yes, with the is. old stockyard days. Do you know, the, the, do you, you know? So like when everybody yeah. else is just like absolutely like pissed off when they're sitting on a train track, you're just like, sweet, man. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, a, I'm like very much okay with it. Like, oh, there's a GE right there. Just watch it go by. Yeah. Sweet. It's awesome. Yeah, did you guys know there used to be like in the downtown area, there used to be 32 different train tracks that you would have to cross to get from like like this end of town to the river? I'm yeah. glad that's not the case anymore. <laughs> well, no, and that's why they built the Gordon Drive Viaduct, you know, like 60 years ago or whatever, because uh, they had to get over all those train tracks. Yeah, because yeah, there's several rivers that meet here, uh, state boundaries, uh, but then there's just these, you know, sp- you know, spaghetti, you know, wads yeah. of train tracks everywhere on the city. It's just the way it was founded, uh, with the whole stockyards. Uh, you know, industry. My my grandmother's uncle was a priest of this diocese, a Lithuanian priest, and he lived at the cathedral. And he had to take the streetcar out in the 1930s to Morningside to the Lithuanian parish, St. Kashmir's. Um, but yeah, you know, back in the day, 100 years ago, everyone was taking the streetcar everywhere in this city. Wow. And that was probably some That's of those. Awesome. So that was probably some of those tracks that you were mentioning as part of your yeah. fun well, facts at the just museum. To tie this up, we just need to get back to streetcars because you have more connections with people <laughs> and you can yeah. ride sweet trains yeah. all the time. That's the answer to end of our anxiety problems. <laughs> more bring trains. back, bring back all the trains <laughs> and the streetcars. Nathan, it's good to have you on board. Thank uh, you. Yes, thank much. you. Thanks for your insight. Thanks for your. Uh, Continued work just for everyone that you're you're Thank serving. You. It's a beautiful ministry as you encounter these clients seeking to offer your own Christian witness to them and your own mental health expertise. So keep up the good work. Father Travis, always good to be with you. Absolutely. We're just going to keep chugging along here and you Ooh. know just get on board on that train. So see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.